rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Okay, good evening, everyone. Good evening. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for joining me on this wonderful Saturday Tara Buster. We meet every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. I see the chat room is starting to fill up. So if you're listening live, we, there's a very lively group over at, at the YouTube channel. So come and hang out with us and chat. Chat with us. And we'll get through this. We'll get through it together. The, the last days of the American Republic. So, let me see. What else? Um, please become a patron. As I always say, we stick together, we win. We're not going to win unless we stick together. And, you know, if you like the show, please become a, a supporter. There, then there are many ways to, to support the show, whether you can support it financially or not. And RDT Daily. That's the other thing. If you're... If you're a patron of our, of this show, you're also supporting the website and the content that we create at at RDT Daily original articles, as well as the the Facebook page running of the running of the Facebook page that we create, and also cultivate not cultivate what is the word curate memes and other content from liberal you know that have a have a liberal bent. I bent, uh, I'm not even liberal. It's just for normal people, really. That's how I look at it. It's about, are you normal? Are you a normal person who is normal enough to live in a di- diverse nation? Are you not a petty little greedy, scared, tiny waste of human DNA? Other other than that, if you're it's it's the normal people versus the conservatives, really. And this week, well, every week, is a nightmare. So we do need each other, and we also have because we're liberal. We because of the liberal media that it only exists. This is the liberal media, my friends. You're looking at it. As sad as that is. It's not MSNBC. MSNBC is the mouthpiece for corporate America. They will, they're a little left-leaning. They'll, they're socially liberal, right? They're not going to they're, they go against gay marriage or whatever. They're, they'll, it's sort of like Pete Buttigieg. Is, uh, a, he's basically a Republican who who's, happens to be married to a man. So, yeah, it's, that's, the, that's the liberal media. There is no liberal media. This is it. It's Bob Kincaid's show. It's Mike Malloy. It's this show. It's the independent liberal media. This is where you're going to hear the... the it's sort of like... I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be whatever. Like, I know that this is just a tiny little whatever, but um, this is... I, I, I think about how the American Revolution started. It started in whispers. It started in the the tea shops where the colonists would exchange pamphlets uh, of the day that dared to dream of a world that 
that didn't have a king and an intergenerational aristocracy. So that's what I believe this is. Believe it or not. I believe it. You don't have to believe it, but this I do I that's why I do it, man. That's why I get up in the morning. Oh god, here comes Tara Jr. <laughs> why, Junior? Why? Why do you have to come every time I start the show? It's not I don't know, I love him. I love you. I love you, buddy. But I do need to do a show here. I'm talking about very important things. Wouldn't it be nice to just he, he was just over there sleeping for I guess you're you woke up from your nap, huh? Wouldn't it be nice to not have to think about these things? We can just kind of hang out on a Saturday, watch TV. We can do a show. We can do a show about cats. No, we have to do a show about fascism and Donald Trump Jr. And and what's going on in this country? I, I All right, let's just get into it. Please become a patron at patreon.com slash towerbuster. If you're on the YouTube chat, you can also, you can also send some, uh, what do you call it? Super chats. That'd be nice, too. How come I can't see the chat coming up? Oh, well, I won't think about it now. For some reason, I can't see the chats, so don't, um, please don't hold it against me if I don't thank you for super chats because I can't see them coming in. All right. Um, yeah. So today, I see, uh, okay, let me, I, I know I'm all over the place right now, but I, I do see. I have a, there's an app for Restream, which is the program that I record the show with. That, I could see your chats on that, but that does not show the super chats to me. So I don't see the super chats. I can only see the super chats by looking at YouTube. So, and for some reason, YouTube isn't showing me any chats at all. So I hope that's not an indication of something going wrong, but... I, because we had a lot of streaming issues last time, I turned the show down to ultra-low latency. And I was hoping that uh, that might solve some of the problems. So, because, whatever, it sucks when you're doing the show and everybody can't see it, right? So, what happened was, I could see it. That's how I know it was going out. It was going, it was hitting the restream, and then it was getting stuck in the restream somehow. I don't know why. But, all right, I, I made some adjustments and hope that that'll settle that. And you guys will give me feedback if it doesn't. And that's why I love doing the show, too, because I'm also getting to know you guys, and it's, re and it's great. It's, this is how we build a community and how we will get through this. It's, that's the truth. We're all, we may be far away from each other, but we are together, united in our hearts and in our determination to make this world a better place. So thank you for taking some of the time of your life and spending it here. And thank you for all that you do, really, because it's also, I can't do it alone. You guys spread the show, you show, you tell your friends, and it is, we're getting more people watching and I, I could see that so it's reflected in uh, every every day that I see the different uh, who's watching and how many whatever how many people on the stream how many how many views we get it, it helps so thank you and you know subscribe to the channel okay whatever here we go so I was um, right before we, I went on air here whatever you call this is this air I went on live 
Of course, Twitler is in Alabama today because now you see what happened. We, we, you don't have to be Sigmund Freud or you don't, even, you, you don't even need a Psych 101 class under your belt to unpack him, the, the serial, bankrupt, trust-funded narcissist who received fewer votes. You, obviously, what's going on is he's going to these different sporting events he ha- in, in, uh, in places where he knows he'll get cheered because he was booed. Both, he was booed at the, M, the MFA, whatever that is, the M, MMA, not MFA, I don't even know, that boxing match. He was booed at the World Series, which is amazing. Great. Thank you, normal people. Thank you, patriots, for doing your patriotic duty and shaming, publicly, public, publicly shaming the fascist, Putin puppet, treasonous, trust-funded, serial bankrupt, sexual predator who received fewer votes. Thank you for booing, because that's what any patriot would do. So, but he goes to the the deep south he he'll go, he goes to one of the the old confederacy states alabama alabama i mean i know there are normal people in alabama just like there are normal people everywhere because i also get some emails i get letters from people and i and i kind of feel bad actually when i see that Oh, this person lives in Louisiana or whatever. I I feel bad because I I'm constantly bashing the South and I'm telling them to secede. And I and I feel bad because I think of oh boy, here's a normal person who lives around all of these Trump Z's and that's got to be tough. And I guess uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's. It's tough. I, I hear you. I, I mean, what is, what's the solution? But I, I think sometimes I'm, I'm listening to these idiots cheer, thunderously cheer this serial bankrupt con man, you know, who received fewer votes, the whole thing. The traitor, the, the moron, the idiot who can't spell, the, the disgrace, the international disgrace, who... Um, is so such a tiny little person that he needs to get he needs to be cheered he needs in fact actually now that i'm thinking about it i'm kind of kicking myself because i wanted i made a mental note but it it, i guess it flew out of my mind i wanted to catch this or capture this this um quote of trump when he was he one of these you know he goes to the helicopter and he starts screaming at the press. And one of the these clips that I saw was of Twitler saying, I really wish Putin would come and see me in the White House. Of course he's welcome here. And it, I, it would be my most, uh, my, my greatest honor to welcome him here. And it was, it's so embarrassing. What a lickspittle sycophant of a dictator, of a democratically, of a, of, of a democratic, what is, what's the word? Democra- democracy, that's it. Hating autocrat. He, who, who, I mean, obviously he's not, he's not democratically elected. This is a, the, the modern version of a king, of, an, of the same system 
that the founders fought a revolution to escape. So, and here's our so-called president, who is the standard bearer, uh, obviously, of the Republican Party, but he's supposed to be the standard bearer of democracy on the world stage. But of course he's not. And he's sucking ass on a dictator in front, on front, in front of the entire world, with with shamelessly, with with not a sense of shame at all, and it's he's not the only one. So it's just it's that I mean, Putin is not the only dictator that Twitter bows down to. Forget about uh, Putin. Uh, he also bows down to Kim Jong Un, to the Saudi Mohammed bin Bonesaw. Remember when they said that Obama bowed to Mo, uh, the, the Saudi king and the Republicans went all nuts? Well, that's just what they do because the hypocrisy is the beating heart of the right wing. It's ne- it was never about them having a concern for a president bowing to an autocrat. It was, that wasn't the concern. The concern was, here's something we can twist to get our dupes to vote against their own interests, to muddy the waters of democracy, to divide people further, and to turn them against the very system of government that all of those, uh, those headstones in Arlington National Cemetery gave their lives uh, and served to protect. So these, these goddamn Republicans hate this country it's not about saving this country. It's never been about that or preserving democracy, spreading it around the world, making the world safe for democracy, all that bullshit. It's they wear democracy like a hooker wears high heels. It's nothing. Oh, let's lure in the dupes. But they don't they know nothing about, well, America, democracy. Forget about it. They know nothing about what it means to be in a free democratic society. They are upset by a free democratic society. Look at their standard bearer. Look at their behavior. The, how embarrassing. Wait, hold on. I just have to move our junior here. All right, I'll just give you a glimpse of what I'm dealing with now. Okay. (laughs) See? See what I got to deal with here? Now you see if Rachel Maddow can do a show with a cat like that. So, all right, we'll keep him like this. Maybe you can see a little bit of him. Okay. And for those listening on the podcast, we have Tara Jr. laying on my lap on, on his back. So he's very cute. Thank God for him, really. It makes me... It's good for my blood pressure. I know that. They, that's what they say animals are they're very good for your mental health they help you overcome stress and illness so oh really now all right buddy calm down so all right listen listen here people all right uh now i'm looking at a uh, oh stephanie grissom here's the the so-called press secretary of the white house she's tweeting like She's got uh, uh, tweet tweet uh, OCD or something. Constant tweets about how all of the cheers that Twitler and Melania and Trophy Wife Number Three are getting. 
such a supportive crowd here at LSU versus Bama game as President Real Donald Trump and FLOTUS waved to fans during halftime. Well, you know what? When I saw that and I heard the cheers, I was like, why don't they secede already? Get out. Obviously, they are incapable of of dealing with a free democratic nation of laws, and they need a con man. They need an autocrat. They can have their autocrat get lost. We, sh- we need to start separating this country. Uh, uh, come to a conclusion. Just say, you know what? We tried. The damn thing is too big. You know how they always talk about how it's too big. This country is just so vast and diverse. So we can't have things like universal health care. We can't have universal higher education and living wages because it's just too big. And that's their excuse when, when they're confronted with the fact that every other country on earth provides health care as a right of citizenship, not a, not a privilege of wealth. They say, oh, well, America is different because America is a big country. It's just too damn big. And, well, you know what, maybe they're right in that way because obviously it's, it's more than a landmass that separates the people of America because you can't have a united states with people with, who have completely different views of what it means to be an American. And they may wave the red, white, and blue, but they have absolutely no idea what it means to to what that flag stands for, what those colors mean, what it means to be an American. It's not just a um, it's something that you salute on uh, you know on Veterans Day or whatever the hell. It's the it's the government that the founders entrusted to us, a government of by and for the people that promotes the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate transnational corporate elite and they clearly don't get that that they would much rather have an an autocrat because look at look at them they don't give a shit that they have a standard bearer not only who receive fewer votes that's that's enough but who is a putin puppet who not not only solicited but took help from foreign agents who, whose entire campaign is probably a, it's just like a spy magnet. So um, who's taking bribes all over, uh, right, right out in the open, who is literally just a con man in general. I mean, you think about the fact that, remember when he said he was putting all of his, his shitty sham cons into a trust and his tacky hotels into a, in a, an, into a blind trust? Bullshit. You don't put blind trust. You, you a blind trust is a blind trust. You don't a blind trust is not. I'm giving you, I'm giving my shitty sham tacky hotels and and cons to my sons, for for the time being. That's not a blind trust. But when he announced that he was gonna take put all his shitty sham crap into a blind into a blind trust. Remember all of the of the of the paper. How many trees had to sacrifice their lives for that con? For for Twitler's con? Just look at all of these papers stacked up against um, you know uh, that no reporter could inspect because it was just a sham. 
Donald Trump's businesses don't require that much paper. He's he's nothing but a filthy con man. So there you go. It doesn't matter that these idiots don't mind. They clearly do not mind being dupes. So that's what's really depressing, frankly. Don't you have any shame, Republicans? That's what I can't get over half the time because it's, all right, we know you hate democracy. We get it. But do you have any dignity at all? You're, you're just a subservient, sycophant, lickspittle to a greed-centered con man, a tax-cheating, draft-dodging, greed-centered con man who received fewer votes. That's, your, that's who you're going to genuflect in front of. And speaking of, frankly, oh, my God. Oh, why didn't I even begin with this? You saw Jeff Sessions. This is what I'm talking about. These, this is why I'm like, we need to secede. We need to cut this country in two and say, a nice knowing you, buddy. You know, fine. Uh, and we tried. It's like a relationship. You, that's, that's, it's not going, you know, it's over. I, as soon as... You're, if you're in a relationship and your, your partner starts saying, when you say black lives matter, your partner says all lives matter, then, I mean, you're like, goodbye. I think we're not going to see eye to eye here. And then if it, when you try to explain to them that, you know, why we say black lives matter and, and how the original sin of this country is racism— and how black lives saying black lives matter is is an indic is indicative of of the fact that you know black lives don't matter that's has that's been the modus operandi of this country and if you say all lives matter in response to that then and i say you know what i wish all lives mattered to these effing filthy grifters, these, these stinking conservatives. I wish if all lives mattered, we wouldn't have to say black lives matter, right? I mean, then you say, okay, um, take your shit and go. And, and that's the end of it. And then you call your friends and you say, and you, you know, you have a little cry or whatever, but it's over. And then you feel relieved. You're like, man, thank God I got out of that relationship. Because, you know what, one door opens, another, I mean, one door closes, another opens, and you're like, it was never, uh, it was never going to work. When do we get to that point where we realize it's not going to work? This isn't working. Yes, we, you know, the country, we have a lot of very good ideals in this country. The, The founding documents have a lot of promises in there and we're capable of actualizing them some of us are some of us not all though and for some reason the people in alabama they don't they don't want to be part of civilization they like to have their their they like you know to go to i mean you can pray whatever pray have your uh, but leave it out of my goddamn government go but they don't understand that. They think that what we need in government is more prayer. We, or how about, um, you know, uh, health care, just health care in general. Or, you know, that's what you can have. You can have your, your, your schools with your Jesus. Forget about science and math. Teach them about a gigantic man on a cloud. Who, who made Earth in seven days. Don't teach them science. I mean, that's up to you. 
That's, but why inflict it on the rest, rest of civilization, on this country, on this great country that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us? They fought, they fought off a king. They fought the intergenerational aristocracy. They didn't do that to build one here. And that is clearly what the Republicans want as this very embarrassing video from Jeff Sessions will uh, attest to. Where the heck is it? Of course, now I can't. Where is it? Hold on, everybody. You know, as if on cue, right? Where the heck are my videos? All right. Hold on, everyone. Talk amongst yourselves. Wait a minute. Beep it doo 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 doo. I don't understand what's going on with my videos. Yes, if all lives matter, what about children in cages? Exactly. Oh, God damn it. For some reason, here we go. Finally, I could find them. This is why I ask you to become a patron, because maybe one day we'll have a real studio and real engineers and people to push those buttons when I say, hey, we got that video. Here's Jeff Sessions, the ad that will go down in history as the most embarrassing display of political cowardice in American history. There is no doubt. Unless, well, actually, you know what? Maybe they'll, su they'll surprise me, Republicans, because I thought that they couldn't go any lower when they elected Bush, than when they pushed George W. Bush Jr. onto into the presidency despite receiving fewer votes. I thought they couldn't embarrass us more, but then they go and do Twitler. So just when you think you hit bottom, a trap door opens and you go down 50 flights into Dante's 15th inferno of hell. So, but here's a, so n never say never with these filthy Republicans. Here's Jeff Sessions' campaign ads. Now, now rest of you Republicans, ready, said go. Uh, the race will be on to compete. Who can make a more subservient lick spittle display of of what i don't know embarrassment jeff sessions here i approve this ad when i left president trump's cabinet did i write a tell-all book no did i go on cnn and attack the president nope have i said a crossword about our president <laughs> not one time and i'll tell you why have i said For a crossword have i haven't i done enough to uh, uh, emasculated myself enough? But the other thing that bothers me about this video is the low production value on it as well. Because I work in TV, so the first thing this looks like, do, does anybody color correct anything anymore? Not, I mean, we do. Normal people do. Professionals do. But this is the a video that you would receive the raw footage and then you you color correct it to make him look not like a green you know like you make it look professional but this is why republicans suck they can't even do this 
they all they do suck this is even their when they have their their convention that whole remember that convention with the chair uh, where what's his face was walk, was talking to a chair Charlton Charlton Heston and um there the those children those over there kids were singing that's that's the best they can do that's your local 10th grade recital has more production value and that's why republicans they they can't they can't put on a good convention how are they supposed to run the country then you go to the republic i mean the democrats the normal people and it looks like professional adults who know what the hell they're doing are putting on a production so i i guess that the republicans they really it's the it's like they 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 have taken this um outsider thing to uh, to a fault. That would be dishonorable. I was there to serve his agenda. <laughs> that would be dishonorable. No, not not um, showing, not, come on, Tara Jr., please, please. He's stepping on the goddamn keyboard. Oh, Jesus. You see what happened? Yeah. yeah, the friggin' movie went back. So, yeah, no, it's not dishonorable to cover the crimes of a con man. It's not dishonorable to them. The whistleblower, who the one, the the patriot, the American patriot that came forward with the fact that Twitler is committing a crime, who is Twitler is bribing, is committing the crime of bribery and extortion on to uh, to a Democratic ally who's in need of assistance. So this Democratic ally can remain a democracy and not an annexed by Putin. So, no, that's uh, what the Republicans want to want us to consider that as uh, anti-American. You see, it's, it's opposite day. It, for Jeff Sessions, the only honorable thing that he did, which was rec- recuse himself from the, from the Mueller probe or whatever, his, that's, that only, uh, the only honorable thing he did is the thing that Twitler hates him for. Word about our president. Not one time. Not one time. First, that would be dishonorable. I was there to serve his agenda. Serve him like a like a hooker serves her John. Not mine. Second, the president's doing a great job. Really? The, what's, what is great? They, they, these people, they love to be seduced by idiots. I guess, the, I mean, it takes an idiot to seduce a bunch of idiots. I don't understand it. There, I don't, I don't get it. It's if they really love this country, it, their their ire wouldn't be directed simply towards anybody with a D after their name. They would be able to uh, to look at themselves and and look at what they've done to us. This is why we we are the true patriots. Th- because when you think about it. Even on this show, I get into some heat right, by some Democrats who say, you know, I mean, I, I will vote blue no matter who. I will. I, whoever's on the t- ticket, I will vote for. But in the meantime, in this primary process, I want to pick the best candidate. And that's, to, in my opinion, is not going to be a corporate-owned 
shill that will set us up for the next Twitler. So that's so even when Obama was president, we here at RDT Daily and other shows and even I, no, the show wasn't on the air then. But when I did the tirades on progressive voices, the we we turned our criticism to Obama when necessary, when we felt like it was it was warranted. We're not just a bunch of lemmings going over a cliff. We are true patriots, true Democrats who are who want to make this world a better place. And if the people that we elect to represent us aren't doing in, a, in what we believe, in our opinion, is the best for the country, we're going to say it, r- regardless of whether they have a D after their name or not. That's the difference between Democrats and, and uh, Republicans, normal people and Republicans, because Republicans are, they're, they're the cult. They are the brown shirts. These, they are the Nazis. They are the every every authoritarian's dream, and we often talk about it. You don't think it can happen here? It's happening here. We we have been saying it since that first ride down the elevator, escalator, or whatever. And any Trump rally that you listen to and you look at, it's it's chilling. Look at their. There, the, the, I mean, I have a meme, actually, I think I just recently tweeted, of the, no one has done more harm to this country than the Trump supporter, because they're, it's, uh, whether it's the, it's the banality of evil, frankly, because whether you're a KKK-endorsing, Nazi-loving, uh, David Duke follower, or, your uh, your next door neighbor who simply likes whatever Trump's judges. You're you're in bed with the decline and fall of the American Republic. You're you're. You, I don't know why people love these judges that Twitler is putting on the bench. They're nothing but. I mean, half of them are not even. I'm, I don't know about half. Whatever. Whatever the exact number is, but they're they're not even qualified. They're just loyalists. They're people who literally hate this country, that they're in there to make sure that democracy doesn't truly break out. Oh, God. Let me just play this. And he has my strong support. (laughs) Okay, that's the end of the story. He has your strong support. Don't you have any... any dignity. I mean, what's the word, man? Uh, It's so embarrassing. Now, of course, let's play that game as we always play. Because it doesn't, it doesn't change. Uh, It's, it it applies. What if an Obama, an ex-cabinet member of Obama's did that? What do you think the Republicans would be doing they all, all throughout Obama's presidency, we heard the Republicans cry about, he wants to be a king. He thinks he's a king. He's, uh, he's an emperor. It's the imperial presidency, we kept hearing. Obama, the imperial presidency. But they literally have somebody who doesn't understand democracy, squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes, I have to constantly say that. We and we all need to say that. Let me hold on. Imperial presidency. That's what I'm looking up. 
It's hard to talk and type. Yes, Obama. Because I'm looking at, I'm trying to find old examples, but but we this is what we need to do. What the Republicans do, because the Republicans are children. Their little name calling. That's the other thing. Like, don't you have any pride? Are you not? Uh, but I guess not, honestly. Because look at all of those idiots in the Alabama game cheering this con man, an idiot who can't spell, who. It's not it's not just typos that he's typing. It's his Twitter feed. The the misspellings on his Twitter feed betray the fact that he is just an illiterate moron. It's not about oh somebody misspelling something now and then or autocorrect not functioning. He does not know how to spell because he never reads and that is because he's stupid. He's dumb. And on top of it, he's the dangerous combination of not only stupid, but unearned arrogance. So he has this very, uh, this, this mix, this evil mix of unearned ar- arrogance and stupidity and willful ignorance as well. Because isn't that the worst kind of ignorance? Here's somebody that had everything handed to him, that had every opportunity laid at his feet and that's the best he can do. And still he came out of all of the so-called amazing Wharton, all these schools that he went to that we, we hear about, even though his lawyers and Michael Cohen testified that one of the things that Michael Cohen did was he went around threatening, pre-threatening schools that Twitler went to to ensure that they would not release his transcripts because they're so great, right? He's... He's such a brainiac that they had to preemptively threaten the schools to never, ever show his amazing grades because we would all feel too bad about ourselves. That's probably why. He's, he's, it's really uh, altruism that drives him. But here, uh, all I did was search Imperial Presidency Obama, and right at the top, at National Review, the right-wing, the right-leaning rag, Obama's imperial presidency. In tw- this is 2017. President Obama's farewell address was yet another piece of evidence that there is a real gap between what he did, what he accomplished, and how he behaved during his eight years in power and what the president thinks he did. For example, Obama spent a good amount of time complaining about the cycle of outrage, but he failed to acknowledge the role he played in fueling it. Do you remember his many comments against Fox News or his jokes over the years about Republicans and former President Bush at the White House Correspondents' Dinner? Nor does he want to admit that no one is louder than in the outrage industry than members of his own team. Oh, my God. Yes, because he, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is the victims, the, the right-wing whiners, the the billionaires, the elites, the victims. Oh, the uh, no one is more victimized than those at the top. They're so there's they're under assault, and wah wah wah. And uh, I saw that. What's his face? <laughs> um, Donald Trump Jr. on the View. What a disaster! And I don't know, man. Listening to him, what? Does he really believe that? I suppose he does. He's a filthy, disgusting waste of human DNA. He, he, there is no 
There was no reason for a Donald Trump Jr. When, when he leaves this planet, and this is what a lot of Republicans share in common. Think about it. When, when, they, when they step off this mortal coil, the world will breathe a sigh of relief for, the, for them not being on it any longer. Because what does a Donald Trump Jr. bring to the table? But hatred, ugliness, divisiveness, uh, uh, murder, murdering beautiful animals for the sake of his purient pleasure. Animals that have more, that, that bring more value to Earth than he could ever bring in a million lifetimes, and he's going around killing them for fun. What kind of a sick human being is that? And he goes on Twitter, and not only that, going on television crying about what a victim he is everywhere he goes. That's, that really is the theme. That was the theme of his, his appearance on The View, was how much... Everyone was picking on him and his family. That's what we really found out there. It's, oh, he's just a, he, uh, he's so picked upon uh, why, by all the meanies, the hypocrites. This is what you're saying. It's so, so much hypocrites on the left. And uh, where is, it's all in a complete whataboutism. Anytime they ask him a question, what about this? What about Obama, what about Hunter Biden? It's just, oh, what a, he's suffering. It's poor Donald Trump Jr. But anyway, as I wanted to, I didn't, I wasn't planning on reading this article. So let's see about Obama. But the, the take Vice President Joe Biden telling his donors and members of Congress that the worst sin of all is abuse of power and demanding that they fight hard to prevent it from the incoming administration. Where was Obama, I mean, where was Biden when Obama, when President Obama was acting unilaterally and without Congress on everything from immigration to guns to terrorism? So there you go. You see what I'm saying? This is a Republican, what's his name? Ver, I don't know, it was a woman maybe? Ver, Veronique, Veronique de Rug, Rugi? Please. Oh, I can't pronounce. I can't pronounce my own name half the time. But here is w what we're talking about. And uh, they have absolutely no memory of what the hell they wrote. Not only, I mean, yesterday, but uh, of course they're not going to remember something from 2017. I wonder what else this person has written recently. Veronique, yeah, Veronique, I can't remember, V-R-O-N-I-Q-U-E, Derugi. Let's see. So she's obviously right-wing. Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax trap. These are her latest. Uncle Sam shirks his fiscal responsibility. Not too small inconsistencies. Okay. Hmm. Well, she did write, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is right about Amazon's corporate welfare. But anyway, going back to her article, maybe she's center, left or right, but where was Biden when President Obama was acting unilaterally without Congress? 
more strange is the undertone of concern for the new president's power that we get from the outgoing president and his team. Take Joe, take Joe Biden telling donors and members of Congress the worst sin of all is abuse of power and demanding that they fight hard to prevent it from the incoming administration. I mean, this is the, the, the institutional amnesia that why, why did President Obama um, resort to executive orders? Because if we, when we put it in context, it was because the Republicans had, from the day, day one, from day, the day of Obama's inauguration, had decided and conspired to not do anything for Obama. Not, not for Obama, for us. They were going to be the Congress, the obstructionists. They said that they were looking to the Taliban for inspiration. And that is that was reported. Let me see the caucus room conspiracy. That's what it's called. Caucus room conspiracy. Taliban. Let's see what comes up. Yes, the the conspiracy. It was an article originally in Vanity Fair. The conspiracy to commit legislative constipation. So by James Walcott. In a scene reminiscent of the summit meeting of mob bosses in The Godfather, Republican House leaders were summoned by evil marshmallow and message crafter Frank Luntz to hash out a strategy to cope with the defeat of their party in 2008 and the election of the newly inaugurated President Obama, according to Robert Draper's just-published book, do not ask what we what good we do inside the U.S. House of Representatives. Yes, now now I remember. I did read this book too. It's it, the this book came out and reported on uh, this caucus room conspiracy. So, from a report on Draper's revolution, let's see. Oh wait, wait, wait. Here we go. During a lengthy discussion, the senior GOP members worked out a plan to repeatedly block. O- Obama over the coming four years to try to ensure he would not be reelected. In his book, Draper opens with the heady atmosphere of Washington on the days running up to the inauguration and the day itself, which attracted 1.8 million to the mall to witness Obama being sworn in as America's first black president. Those numbers con- contributed to a growing sense of unease among Republicans, as much the defeat in the White House race the previous November. The 15 Republicans were in a somber mood as they gathered in the, at the caucus room in Washington, an upscale restaurant where a New York strip steak cost $51. Attending the dinner were House members Eric Cantor, Jeb Henserling, Pete Hoekstra, Dan Lungren, Kevin McCarthy, that dumb bastard, Paul Ryan, that sociopath, and Pete Sessions. From the Senate were Tom Colburn, Bob Corker, Jim DeMint, John Ensing, and John Kyle. Others present were former House Speaker and future and failed presidential candidate Newt Gingrich and the Republican strategist Frank Luntz, who organized the dinner and sent out the invitations. I mean, this is the guy. You see him on MSNBC. You see him on CNN doing focus groups. He's a shill for, for the Republicans. The dinner table was set in a square at Luntz's request so everyone could see one another and talk freely. The session lasted four hours, and by the end, the somber mood had lifted. They had conceived a plan. They would take back the House in November 2010, and when they did, 
and use it as a spear to mortally wound Obama in 2011 and take back the Senate and the White House in 2012, Draper writes. If you act like you're in the minority, you're going to stay in the minority, said Kevin McCarthy, quoted by Draper. We got to challenge them on every single bill and challenge them on every single campaign. And the Republicans have done that, bringing Washington to a near standstill several times during Obama's first term over debt and other issues. Their locked shut buttocks will unclench, of course, should Mitt Romney be elected at which point they'll be passing legislation like street hawkers handing out strip club flyers. Every bill will be, will be named after Reagan or some other sentimental favorite. I still hear Fr- Frank Luntz's ID on cable news as a pollster, as if he, all he does is gather and interpret data. So let's stop with that wormy pretense, and could we get a moratorium on this both sides do it refrain? from cognitive impaired columnists, talk show hosts, pundits, and editorial writers. Oh, who am I kidding? Broderism lives on the Beltway and beyond. Even David Broder himself is no longer among us. Okay, so that's an article uh, describing the, the book by Robert Draper from 2012, and that's exactly what Republicans did. Now, let's remember, though, that the Republicans... It wasn't, they weren't, um, when Obama took office, they, he wasn't handed a nice upward trajectory economy like Twitter was handed. He was handed the second Republican Great Depression on the, on the verge. It was the second, it was the Republican Great Repre- Re- Recession on the verge of a Great Depression. And Obama was tasked with pulling us back from the precipice And the Republicans, because they hate this country and everybody in it, who's not able to write them a big check for at one of their uh, for a three hundred and fifty dollar bottle of wine, as as they do for when Paul Ryan was trying to strip health care from people. He was hanging out at these high class restaurants in Washington, sipping three hundred and fifty dollar bottles of wine with with health care lobbyists, not even health care, health racket lobbyists. So, but that's what the Republicans, that's how much they hate this country. They don't want, they don't really want to, to fix the problems for, for the American people. That's, that's not their problem. Their problem is that the, how do you stop the dumb bastards from exercising their right to vote and oust the oligarch. How do you stop the dumb bastards from organizing and getting together and ensuring that the oligarchy that the Republicans are building, that, that it doesn't remain um, entrenched? How do you... That's, the, the pro, that's their problem. How do you divide the dumb sheeple against each other and convince them to vote for their own demise? In the meantime, while they take care of voting, you know what I mean? While Republicans are undoing the democratic process by making it harder for people to vote, by kicking people off the voting rolls, by gerrymandering, by ensuring that you will have absolutely no recourse to doing anything about the, the crimes that they commit. That's the only reason Republicans get into government. They're not getting into government to to make your lives better. That's just not it.
they're not they're in it for themselves they're in it for their friends because they're not that smart as we know they're just greedy and they have no shame so they'll do and say anything it takes to give them power as you could see by that ad that Jeff Sessions created didn't anybody stop him for a minute and say listen um don't you have uh you, you aren't you embarrassed doesn't he have a family member that is close enough to him to tell him the truth? Say, you look like a fool. But that, it's the kingdom of the blind with these idiots. So the, obviously the, the one with the one eye, and I, don't, I, I mean, what do they say? The kingdom of the blind, the, the one-eyed person is king or something? Does Trump even have one eye? He's disgusting. He's got no eyes. <laughs> it's like the kingdom of the blind leading the blind. The, the dupes, it's the, it's the circle jerk of idiocy. But that's fine to them. They don't care as long as billionaires can keep getting richer and they can keep pouring their disgusting poison into our, into our environment and they can do absolutely nothing about climate change or the climate emergency that's facing us as long as they can continue to divide us. And that's what they're doing. And then when I see the, the idiots in Alabama cheering, cheering, no one should be cheering the con man. That's what it makes me so depressed. Why is a single person cheering? I can understand maybe somebody who's mentally ill. Like, okay, that's Uncle, Uncle Bob. He's got, he was hit on the head. He was dropped on the head when he was a child, and he's never been right about anything. He lives in the attic. And unfortunately, we, uh, Aunt Becky gave him a, a Wi-Fi, her Wi-Fi password, and he goes online. So, but other than that, why are anyone, why is anybody cheering him? Why are there, uh, are there any human beings that want to cheer that con man and his entire family of grifters? Aren't they, are they that stupid? Really? Are they that goddamn stupid? That's what depresses me. Or do they, is it fine? Is it fine? Uh, because obviously when they were upset about Obama being an imperial president because he was signing executive orders after exhausting every other option, he tried to work with these filthy fascist Republicans. And in fact, he did th to, to, the, to a fault. And he tried to work with them in a way, giving them their own legislation, presenting it to them like Obamacare. Like, remember when he went, when Obama went to the Republican meeting or whatever it was to discuss health care out in the open? And of course, Obama wiped the floor with them and they look like a bunch of idiots. But, you know, uh, that's health care. They don't give a shit if you die your pre-existing conditions, your mama's pre-existing conditions, your your bank bankruptcy, whatever. They don't give a shit. It's like they have they have uh it's almost like they have stock in GoFundMe or something. But they at that that was Obama trying to reason with the filthy fascists, thinking that oh, that they have the same idea of helping people. But they don't. That's where Obama went wrong from the get-go and where every Democrat who thinks that, who, who is, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like um, Republicans psychologically project their manias outward, but it's almost like Democrats do it too to 
in a way like, for instance, thinking that because the Democrats are trying to make the world a better place or they're, they're in government to try to help and represent their people and not just merely for the bribes, that the Republicans are doing the same. That they really do want to make the country better. No, they don't want to do that. They're in it to make the rich richer and themselves in the process. Like Eric Cantor, remember him? Oh my God, that was a blast from the past. They're all in it for themselves. I mean, look at Paul Ryan. He's a fiscal wonk. Remember this? That's what we kept hearing about, Paul Ryan, who voted for the Twitler tax cuts for the 1% that gave us this incredible debt that the Republicans, they used to pretend that they cared about. But they only care about turning this country, the grand experiment in liberal democracy, into an oligarchy. That's what they care about. For years, normal people, liberal pundits or whatever, you know, like the independent liberals, like Mike Malloy, Bob Kincaid, we've been talking about the fact that this country is slipping into fascism. And now I hear that on the corporate media. I hear these elites some, somewhat, not all the time, obviously, in between them bashing Medicare for all. They go into Twitter his love of autocrats, and they express concern about that. But the other thing I wish that they would start talking about is the fact that, that let's just lay it on the line, man. Republicans, they're not, they don't like democracy, okay? Enough is enough. Stop playing along with the sham, the corporate media. Stop pretending that Republicans are sincere. The hypocrisy speaks volumes about them. The fact that they were so upset about whenever Obama signed an executive order that they but yet are cheering Twitler for his executive orders. That, that as if an executive order is how you run government how he's doing executive orders for putting babies in cages and, Muslim, and, and making sure Muslims don't enter the country. They're cheering for things like that. The executive orders for humanitarian assaults against decency, dignity, and democracy that are being struck down. I mean, Trump has a, has a bad record in the courts, and that's why they're stuffing the, the courts because that, that, you got to get rid of the courts, and that's what the Nazis did. So they find, I mean, they know what they're doing. It's not by accident, and they have the dupes cheering along because they think the dupes are saying, oh, wonderful, another pr so-called pro-birth, well, they say pro-life, but they're the, a pro-birth judge. That's fine. If only they were pro-life. If only Republicans were really pro-life, you know what I mean? We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be having the conversation. They hate life. They hate everything that's not them. I mean, whatever. But they, you know, I mean, look at them. Just look at what they do. You don't have to take my word for it. Look at their track record. So about life, what are they, if they love life, why, why are we, um, why don't they, they don't, they don't love uh, mom, um, cause what is his name? Jamal Khashoggi's life. They didn't love that life. Right. They, it's all, it's very selective. So anyway, uh, if we, 
what would be good is if finally the Republican, the, the mouthpieces on the, in the corporate media should just start saying it, man. Like Republicans, they're not about democracy. They're not about it. It's, uh, th- that's the tension between the, uh, you know, reality between normal people who want a democratic republic and the Republicans who are doing everything they can to, to rip the Democratic Republic rug out from under us. And that's what, when they put these these flunkies on the court, that's part of how they're going to nullify the democracy. Because when we go to the ballot box and we vote, we say, hey, we want, let's say, ranked choice voting or whatever it is. We want a universal health care. We want universal higher education. We believe in, you know, whatever it might be. And... They, it gets to, of course, the Republicans will sue, and then it gets to court, and they'll, it doesn't matter what happened, how many under, how many courts underneath the Supreme Court say, give Twitler a, uh, a, a smack on the nose with the newspaper, they, if it gets to the Supreme Court, he has it, has it stuffed with his, his uh, unqualified, drunken, frat boy flunkies. That's not how this thing is supposed to work. You know what I mean? We, we can't, but, you know, we can, that's, that's what they're doing. That, they know what they're doing. They are following the playbook of any autocrat, and they don't have to look, they don't even have to look to Nazi Germany. Look at Turkey. Look at Erdogan. That's, that was a democracy. Look at it now. Look at even, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say China, in a way. China is not is China is a communist dictatorship, obviously, but they have this. They had flirted so with so-called presidents, and that's a different story. I shouldn't have even brought it up, because at least you know in this country we were supposed to have democracy in our blood. That's how we were founded. No, where but remember the Roman Republic had a had a much older republic. And that still fell to a to autocracy, and uh, you know we're very new, and you can't have a have a uh, democracy when you have a bunch of morons who don't seem to understand facts, who don't accept facts. I understand they think it's a they think it's fake news. They don't see the throughout history that autocrats have used that Lugan press that they turn the people against the truth. They, you know, they like that. They don't want to know truth. They want to know the lie that the, that's being peddled by their big daddy who's, go, who's telling them that everything's okay. I mean, it's like when you're a baby and daddy puts you to bed and you're like, and daddy says everything's okay. You know, you feel better. You don't have to worry about the scary complex world. So they'll just sleep and they'll look at their big daddy, and he'll tell them, don't, everything that you're hearing, he literally says to them, everything that you're reading and hearing isn't true. Take it from me. So now we, we are funneled through the manias of a con man. That's truth. And you have an entire apparatus, a, a political party, dedicated to maintaining that ruse. I'm going to take a break. I can feel my voice going a little raspy. Oh, brother. There's other things we're going to talk about, like billionaires. Like, give me a break. 
with this bullshit. I'm just sick of them. And what else? Anything else that comes to mind? Why don't you say something in the chat? Let me know what you'd like to talk about. That'd be nice. Maybe we can do that. What do you think? All right, so I'm going to get some more coffee. I'm, I'm just looking. I'm trying to look at the chat, but I can't find the damn chat. I hate that. I really hate that. I'm very sorry that I cannot see your chats, but I will try to rectify that as the break is going. But I do need to get some coffee. And, and well, you know the drill. It's going to be eight minutes. It's the Green News Report. And then we'll have labor history in two. And then, yes, it's a Kofifi break. We will be right back. I'm Rick Smith. And this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 2014. That was the day four workers were killed and a fifth injured during a chemical leak at a DuPont insecticide plant near Houston, Texas. The plant used methyl mercaptan in its production of insecticides. 24,000 pounds of the deadly chemical were released through two valves in a poorly ventilated building on site. The U.S. Chemical Safety Board found numerous flawed safety procedures, design problems, and inadequate planning. Days earlier, liquid methylmercaptan had solidified in piping, causing a blockage. Workers attempted to clear it by spraying the pipes with hot water. They didn't realize they had cleared the blockage, which then created a high-pressure buildup of the chemical in other piping. When two workers went to drain those pipes in a routine procedure, they were overcome by toxic vapors. Another two workers answering the subsequent distress call were also killed. DuPont blamed the workers for the release of the toxic gas, but the CSB found a number of violations. The building where the release occurred had an inadequate toxic gas detection system. Ventilation fans were not working, and the workers were not required to wear additional breathing protection for tasks they performed there. Line clearing procedures were faulty, routinely exposing workers to toxic fumes. The board also found that DuPont worked to conceal from environmental regulators as many as four releases of methylmercury two days before workers were killed. The CSB asserted that design flaws prompted months of clogs before the deadly incident. More generally, they noted that the design of the building that housed the pesticide unit inherently increased the threat of exposure to workers and the public. DuPont opted to close the plant in 2016 rather than meet recommendations of federal regulators. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com. Welcome back. I want to really extend a great thank you. Uh, sincerely, I cannot do this without you. All the patrons who are supporting the show on a monthly basis. And, I, and I'm just going to give a shout out to Andrea, Anthony, Cynthia, Damascats, Daniel, Deborah, Dwayne, Elaine, Gail, Hi Fi Guy, Haiku, James, Jane, Jim, Joan, Joey, John, and Kathleen, and Katie, and Kay, and Lord Waffle Cat, Mark, Martin, 
Martin S. And then there's another Martin S. Mary C. Max F. Michael D. Michael L. D. Pierre Du. Peter. Randall. Stephen. Susan. Teresa. And Tony. Thank you, guys. We will please uh, keep growing. Uh, I know we lost a few patrons last month or this month. I don't know why. I hope it wasn't me. I I understand everybody has different things and and Christmas is coming. So and the holidays are coming in general. Don't you? I feel free to say Christmas though. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you, Republicans. I feel the free the freedom. We can finally say Christmas again. But I'm really I'm a Saturnalia worshiper, so. I suffer, I mean, I suffer, I suffer from Saturnalia. That's my holiday. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm an originalist. Like, we, we always talk about that. I'm all about originalism. So, but thank you guys. And everybody who also, who joins every week, and then they put the super chats in there on top of that. Thank you. There's other ways to support the show as well. You could buy some merch at the RDT Daily Merchandising Store, and what else? Anything else. Say to your friends, have you heard Tara Buster? If you call up another liberal show, say, hey, have you heard of Tara Buster? Great show. That might help, too. All right. Thank you. I wanted to... You know what happened, actually, before we get into other things? Let me say something here. Uh, I got a letter this week from... Where the heck is it? On Etsy. Speaking of merchandise. So we have a we have the RDT Daily Shopify store. So the stuff is on Shopify and is also on Etsy. The merchandise. And I just realized this shirt says Deep State 2016. I should probably update it to say 2020. So that's what I will do. I'll put it on the list. But anyway, somebody... I got an email from a lawyer this week from Erin Galloway, Esquire. Uh, she's representing, what is it? Where the heck is it? Every Town for Gun Safety, Every Town for Gun Safety Action Fund. So we, I got a letter from a lawyer saying that, it was an email. Yes, people, people on the chat, people write letters. No, it was an email saying that my something that one of our merchandise thing, one of the designs was taken down for copyright infringement. So I was like, huh? So I, you know, because we write, we do our, we do original designs. So uh, what it was, was one of our, we have a mug and a shirt that says thoughts prayers and action so thoughts and prayers are x'd out and action is circled and they took it down and uh according to a a trademark for so uh, for not one more quote unquote that's their trademark not one more so every town for gun safety action fund trademarked the statement not one more and I was like, huh? What? How is not one more? Um, how does that also cover thoughts, prayers, and action? So 
I, I wrote, I, I, it really irritated me because th- these, I, on so many levels, this is clearly a giant lobbying group now. And people are sending money to every town for gun safety and action fund to not, not, not to uh, go and harass little old me for a, a, a shirt that's on Etsy that we have made exactly. I'll tell you, I got the stats right here. Hold on, let me get my calculator. Uh, zero dollars on. Yeah, it's the Sandy Hook group. And it really, I thought to myself, this is the commodification of everything. For like Earth Day, you know, trademarked by Coca-Cola. Now sponsored by your favorite corporate group. It's like the same, it's the gay pride parade in New York City. That it's completely corporatized now. The same corporation, the same corporations that were, wouldn't give a shit about you and your domestic partner they now they're sponsoring the parade or whatever everything's completely corporate it's earth day with coca-cola now recycle they they have turned it into everything is a commodified opportunity for corporations to to hustle money but without actually doing anything so instead of so the more i thought about this because first of all not one more is not thoughts prayers and actions our shirt and Mug didn't say not one more. It said thoughts, prayers, and action. And I wrote, and I wrote a counter thing. So instead of doing other things, like, like I have to do with the, the 50,000 other things I have to do, I had to sit there and write a goddamn email to these idiots saying, this is not a copyright infringement. Now, it was a, it's the principle of the thing. Obviously, I don't give a crap, frankly, because... I, well, I do, in a way, because obviously I'm putting those, these... Um, designs on Shopify and Etsy. I believe in these things. I want them to get out there. It's not just, yes, of course I want people to buy them so it supports uh, the work that we do. But it's, that's a win-win. Then you, we get out there. I'm not, we're not making money on this. We're not, obviously. We, we could use the, the money. I, if I can only hire my own Ellen Gar- Galloway Esquire. You know what I mean? We're not making money like that. We don't have lawyers. So, I mean, for real, this is, it's ridiculous. So, and they're not, so think about this. So every person that put a dollar, $10, $15 into their, into the bucket for, for every town, every town gun, for gun safety action fund, they're not out there, um, what, uh, lobbying Congress, how about, uh, creating advertisements or sponsoring civil disobedience actions. They're out there sending legal, paying this lawyer to write letters to little tiny media outlets like, like this for, for, uh, for a shirt that made on Etsy that made zero dollars. And it had, because it, what it has the same sentiment on it you don't own that it's like me going to occupy democrats and saying get your content off the air because you are publishing similar stories that's it doesn't work like that it's it's not a trademark so i sent this woman back a letter saying exactly that 
and how how really um, typical it is that you know um, somebody that I, I, that they would waste their money that. Yeah, I and I, would, and I thought that people would be interested. I thought that this this progressive audience would be interested in hearing how a so-called a liberal group or I don't know are they liberal? I they're a group. I I don't think that wanting to live in a country where you don't get murdered by a a nut with an assault weapon while you're going to the movies or while you're in school. Or that you could you feel safe enough to send your children to school, that they're gonna come home alive and not shot to pieces with weapons of war. I th- I don't think that's necessarily a liberal concern. I think it's it's everyone, even uh, abnormal people, would want that. But that they instead of um, doing the things that that make that would make that world come to fruition the world where we can be safe where we are we, uh you know if you want to play with assault with a with an assault weapon you go and join the well regulated militia you know i i mean if you love your country that much and you you're you're afraid you won't pass the pt test then go out and work a little do a little exercise or something i don't know if you want if you if if if, if Stroking uh, an assault weapon is that is that important to you? But this is why we're we're up against the wall. That's what I thought when I got this letter. That because you know um, that's what they're spending their money on. They're not out there. What what about sponsoring civil disobedience actions at lawmakers, um, congressional offices, or something, or or anywhere, or, or countering? the NRA, or whatever it may be, ads, TV ads. Uh, No, they're going to come after me for a stupid, for a little, tiny Etsy uh, listing. I mean, how? this is why we cannot have nice things in this country. Because maybe every town for gun safety... Action Fund started sincerely, yes, by uh, by outraged people that were upset that they that I, I'm upset to put it mildly. I'm upset. I'm upset generally, but upset about uh, what's the word to say for someone who loses their child, who not even lose. They didn't lose them. They knew exactly where they were. They sent them to school in the bloody land of the cowardice. Of the bloody armed madhouse, where idiots have to stroke assault weapons. Will you have, will you have uh, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, looking like an idiot, with a with an assault weapon, saying "um yum, bacon." I don't even know what what was it. He put bacon on the end of his of a of an assault weapon, machine gun bacon. I mean, I would love to shove that machine gun bacon up his ass and, sh- and, and I mean, in my, it's not a sexual fantasy. It's just a fantasy of doing something to just shut him up. But, I mean, maybe he would, he would probably like, I don't know if he would like it. But he's obviously not that well. But we have that going on in this country. And then we have the, these groups that are supposed to be a lobbying for 
to make this world a better place, to get the guns out of the out of this country to the point where we can go to a goddamn movie without being uh, afraid that we're going to have to the next thing we do if we can, if we survive is we, we're going to have to go on the internet superhighway with a sign on GoFundMe saying please help me i have catastrophic illness and uh, even though i have insurance uh, my medical bills are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars <sighs> but you just i don't know you see what I'm saying here? So I sent this letter back to her, and I said, I just frankly cannot believe that, you know, it's uh, instead of lobbying lawmakers and creating advertisements, sponsor, how about sponsoring civil disobedience actions? But the, the, your client spends it on lawyers to, to chase down small, independent, liberal media outlets who are selling a shirt, not using the same words that you have trademarked, but with a different words, with different words expressing a similar sentiment. I mean, it's a joke. So, I thought I would share that with you. I would really like to know how many other people got this letter. This is what they're spending their time on. And then I wrote back, and then the 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 lawyer responded saying that. You are the third seller who has reached out to me about this issue today. I sent your correspondence to Etsy moments ago requesting that they withdraw the complaint filed against you and others. I apologize for the error. Well, you know what? Somebody, it's not an error. What they did was they, you know, they overstepped the bounds. It doesn't, I, I, I thought I would bring it up anyway because this is what they're doing to spend their money on. They're spending their money on this bullshit. So, the third person. So, they're going on Etsy and scouring. It's not, it's not a copyright infringement. You know what I mean? And it's like, give me a break here. But that woman who's a lawyer, I'm, she, I'm sure she doesn't come cheap. I wish I had a lawyer to, I don't know, do something for the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I had a lawyer. If I had a publicity agent if I had this cat that could do something can't you be like grumpy cat or something what do you think Tara Jr. Hmm? now he's very quiet can't you do something I know grumpy cat died isn't that sad that's so sad seven years old only seven that's a heartbreak I actually had a cat that died at age one, unfortunately, and it had a heart heart attack at age one, believe it or not. And then it was very upsetting, of course, and that was Francis Jr., actually. Look, at why is this so blurry? You know what it is? The, the camera is trying to, it's focusing on this mic. It doesn't, it's trying, it's trying to figure out who to focus on. So, <laughs> look at Junior. I know. That's what he does. He just, he's a good boy. But, yes, yeah, so I had a cat who died at one, and he had a heart defect. I didn't know about it, of course, but then I thought about uh, when I was, I was devastated. It was so sad that I thought, would I have still adopted him knowing of course I would and I thought yes at least I was able to give him a good life 
for the year that he was alive. He knew love. He was fed. He was. He had a roof over his head. He had. He was pet. He was played with. He was. You know. He was loved. So, we never know how much time we have on this planet. And I, and and if and I always say that animals are my greatest teachers. Well, as long as well as the other teachers, as well as many teachers in general. Life is a great teacher, right? But I thought they, I, that cat, Francis Jr., the first. So I had Francis, Francis Jr., and then we have Francis Jr., Jr. He, he taught me really that everything is permanent, that we're, everything's on loan. We're all, it's only, this is, everything is temporary, that you don't really own anything. You don't really have anything. You can, it's all, every everything that you have, this is what I started to think, and I'm not start, but I, to remind myself that it, to have gratitude that of, you know, if you're healthy today and these are things that can change in an instant. And if you are loved today, if you're with your best friend, if you're with your your lover, your your husband, your wife, your whatever, appreciate that that bond you know because everything is temporary no matter what so it really thought I really uh it helped me to think and and I was grateful for the time I was able to I don't know why am I talking about this but to uh to care for the creature the little creature so anyway all right speaking of I can't believe the time Mamma mia, this show should be three hours. Today, I feel like I've been beating around the bush a lot tonight. Speaking of, now, now what do I want? I wanted to really, I, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. The I uh, Maybe I could just brush it over, frankly, because, who, like, who cares? B- um, Bloomberg, like, fuck you, honestly, really. <laughs> Get get lost. If nothing speaks more to the fact that billionaires are there, there is no reason for them. They are they're useless. They this world need. There's nothing that this world needs less than billionaires. Really, we need roaches more than we need billionaires. They they serve more of a of a purpose. For real. Then billionaires. Why do we need billionaires? There is no need. And not only that, are they, they're complete whiners. This is the new Gilded Age. Make no mistake, we're living in it. It's not, it's coming, it might come, it's here. We're living in it. And when his, history recalls this time, that's what they're going to call it. The, the new Gilded Age. But Bloomberg? Like, F you Bloomberg for what he's concerned. He wants to, he, th- he's, he's filed. Now he's filed because it was, he, he had to get in under the deadline. Um, he's concerned about the field of candidates. Don't worry about it. Bloomy. What are you concerned about? That your, your taxes might go up that you might, you're you, a couple of cents. Okay, that's what we're talking about. And when billionaires say that I already pay 
10 million or 10 billion or whatever it is. That's because that's a percentage of their wealth. That's not, we pay more of a percentage of our income than they pay as a percentage of their wealth. They're only paying, it seems like a lot of, it seems, yes, of course it seems a lot, but, but that's only because they have a lot. And, it, and when you get to a point of, of, of having, who is, who is it, Jeff Bezos? He has like $500 billion or something. He's the richest person on earth. Then it's, uh, you, that, it's money makes money. The, the taxes and the policies of this country all conspire to funnel more money into your hands, especially when you're not paying a goddamn dime in taxes. Think about that. Amazon paid zero in taxes. Oh, well, they, they create jobs. They, yes, but they, there is a price of admission. How dare they? They drive our roads. Their trucks drive our roads. Their, their workers are educated thanks to the, the public education system. They're able to read the, the whatever, the packing slips. They, they have to run around it like lunatics trying to get, at, get things out in two days or whatever it is. So we all together, society, we put that together. Yes, so Bezos had a great idea, I guess, or whatever it is. But at a certain point, the taxes are a, they, they, they're the price of admission. It's not at a certain point. That's, that's it. That's the price of admission to a civilized society. You want to uh, run your, your, your company in a civilization? You don't have to build the roads. You don't have to come up with an entire legal system you, what, to enforce your contracts. You don't have to educate the, the, the people that you want to hire to read your packing slips or whatever the hell they do. Then you, are, you need to pay the price of admission. So uh, the, the fact that they get away with paying zero taxes says everything. And that they're crying about having to pay more. And so this week I saw, it was Elizabeth Warren. She, it was, um, who's the other guy? Bill Gates. He, he's, he's upset, you know? Uh, he tweeted, where the hell is it? Yeah, here it is. So, Bill Gates on a wealth tax. I've paid over $10 billion in taxes. I've paid more than anyone in taxes. That's because you are richer to, than anyone. It's, that, it's such a dis, disingenuous frame, the way that they frame this. Oh, I already pay all of this money. Because you have all of the money. Because it's being funneled to you. That's why the United States is now the most unequal country on earth. It used to be the opposite 30, 40 years ago. So what are we going to do about that? We need progressive taxation. And, 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 uh, and um, you know, a, uh, what is it? You know, marginal tax rate. A top marginal tax rate. <laughs> you know, look at the cat. I'm going to, maybe I'll do that so you can see better. <laughs> I, I know. He's such a griper. No, we have to do this. That's a tease. It's just, 
I just for those on the podcast, I tip the camera down again so everybody can see Tara Jr. Tara Jr. Jr. So, all right, yes. Uh, I've all, so anyway, here's the tweet. So this guy, Teddy Scheifler, who the heck is he? He's somebody, I write for Recode about how Silicon Valley creates and spends its money. So he writes, he's quoting Bill Gates. I paid over 10 billion in taxes. I've paid more than anyone in taxes. Wah, wah, effing wah. If I had to pay 20 billion, it's fine. But when you say I should pay 100 billion, I'm starting to do a little math over what I have left over. How are you going to live? Nobody, he's not, he's not going to pay 100 billion. He's just a whiner. What the hell is wrong with you, Bill Gates? What, it's a, is it enough? It's not enough. But, oh, thank you, my lord. You see, oh, he's such a, he's a philanthropist. We're supposed to be very grateful that he trickles upon us his, his, his grace, that his grace g- shares his wealth with we, the peons. Thank you, my lord. So Elizabeth Warren tweets back, I'm always happy to meet with people, even if we have different views, Bill Gates. If we get the chance, I'd love to explain exactly how much you'd pay under my wealth tax. I promise it's not $100 billion. The fact that, that and, and I tweeted this uh, back, basically, nothing speaks to the fact that the world, and especially democracy, does not need billionaires than that exchange. Why is she ex- uh, b- bothering? I mean, I guess I get it, but there you go. These billionaires, these single human beings, think that we we're, we're all have to uh, get in line with what they want. And that's why um, Bloomberg's his filing is anybody out there clamoring for another candidate in the democratic process in the democratic nominating process is anyone out there i haven't heard a human being say man you know what this race needs is one more person to get in it we need you know what we're missing here a billionaire we got to get another billionaire in here on in this race because we're getting just too close to everyone agreeing that health care is a right of citizenship not a privilege of wealth regardless of what we hear on on msnbc every day oh my god and morning joe they constantly i don't know if you guys have tuned in i know that i talk about it a lot because it's i get up and it's on and it drives me effing insane every day there is a non-stop it's a rally against Medicare for all, especially against Elizabeth Warren. Would they, uh, it would be great if they had her on once in a while to rebut the bullshit that they're, that they're spewing. But it's, yeah, it's a morning joke as Paradu says on the, on the chat. It's, that's what it is. It's morning joke on us. And it's all about dividing us. So we, we, they went on uh, and, and turning people against their own better in, interests because think about what they would what the world would be like if they used their platform, if MSNBC, this amazing platform, instead of, of repeating Twitter's tweets constantly and going on about uh, uh, that, uh, you know, that guy at the big board about the polls, everything's a poll. This one's up in the poll. Buttigieg is up. But Biden is up, down, or whatever. Biden never goes up. So, 
and how Joe, uh, Morning Joe, the constant harangue about how we really need to elect Joe Biden, what a great person he is, and how we don't need Medicare for all. They Using Republican talking points, they attack Medicare for all constantly. How, oh, it's just too expensive. We can't, you know, I don't understand. I really don't get the, this whole, the bullshit, how America can do anything. We're great. USA, USA, American can do anything except that. We just can't do that. But the fact is, we can do that if we put our minds to it. It's all about what, what our priorities are. As Gandhi said, there's enough for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed. That's the bottom line. It's, I'm sorry, Bill Gates. You're, uh, what are you going to have left over? How much is Bill Gates' wealth? Let's see. Bill Gates' wealth. I know I heard all day today how Bloomberg's at $50 billion. So, uh, so Bill Gates is worth $106 billion. So he's saying that... If if Warren takes a hundred billion from him, he'll only be left with six billion. How will he make? I mean, I'm not saying I don't think that that's even would that would even be a case, the case. He wouldn't be he wouldn't have a hundred billion taken from him. The, but you know, um, I think he'd be fine with six billion. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm not. I would not lose any sleep over thinking about bill gates only having six billion what would he do what what ha huh? huh how would he live hey buddy can you spare can you spare a billion you got a couple of millions to spare i mean for lunch and then bloomberg let's see how much is he well not bloomberg um jeff bezos jeff bezos worth I mean, this is why we don't need billionaires oh he's only 112 billion Damn, I thought it was more. A hundred and well, a quarter. Uh, this is just coming up in the Google machine, so I don't know how accurate it is. How Amazon's Jeff Bezos spends his billions. Fuck you. How's that? How's that for an answer? That's what that article should be. Why are there billionaires? Why do Why do we have to? be under the thumb of billionaires why should a presidential candidate be tweeting at a billionaire hey hey calm down buddy it's okay you'll be fine i mean i think i could get by on a billion i don't know what about you guys maybe i could i don't know maybe i'll uh i don't know i guess we might actually be able to hire some writers more than one we might have a studio the only bad thing about being in the studio is not having the cats walk around, right? <laughs> but maybe we'll have a studio in my gigantic McMansion. That would be great. A couple of million for the McMansion, a million for the studio, a million for the writers. I don't know. Then we're talking real money after that. Unbelievable. But the, while... People are going on GoFundMe begging for, for insulin while they have insurance, okay? This is where we live. 
first of all, the other thing is why doesn't it, why, I mean, I don't even want to get into it, but what the hell, um, the patent for uh, insulin is, is public. So what, why are people forced to ration their insulin? Because we live in a for-profit system that shouldn't exist. Yes, I would open a, I would open a rescue with 200 cats and dogs and all animals, including farm animals. In fact, the farm sanctuary, because Thanksgiving is coming, I don't eat meat. And what, I always adopt a turkey from the farm sanctuary every Thanksgiving. So they have a few turkeys up for adoption, farm sanctuary. Dot com. Let's see. I adopted last year. I adopted Marnie. She's still on the list. I might have to adopt another. I think there's one. Where is she? Where is she? Um. Let's see. Farm sanctuary. Adopt a turkey. Adopt a turkey, yes. Everybody should adopt a turkey, whether you eat meat or not. I think maybe balance out that karma. Anna. Anna the goofball. Anna was just a week old when she arrived at the farm sanctuary, along with 23 other sick baby turkeys. Since they were all de-beaked of cruel practice in an of animal agriculture, these turkeys likely started life on a factory farm. Despite the physical and emotional scars of her past life, Anna is a playful member of her flock. Isn't that nice? Elsa was one of the 24 baby turkeys saved from an anonymous rescuer and brought to farm sanctuary. These babies likely, likely came from a factory farm where turkeys are slaughtered at just four to five months old. Their rescuer knew they deserved to live, and now, <clears throat> excuse me, more than five years later, Elsa is the queen of her own destiny. You see? This is Marnie, the one I have a picture of Marnie hanging on my refrigerator. A couple purchased Marnie to raise and slaughter for meat. Luckily, when the couple separated, her remaining guardian decided that she should live instead. Marnie is now the boss of the barn and is quick to charge or give a quick nip wherever she's dis whenever she's displeased. This sassy girl loves to put us in our place. Very good, Marnie. Keep going. Just remember, Republicans suck. Hank Williams Rescuer, this is a turkey, found a bedraggled Hank wandering alone outside in the rain. She asked if we could take him in and provide the shivering, neglected stray with the love and care that she needed. Now fully recovered... Oh, that he needed, I mean. Now fully recovered and strutting his stuff, this handsome boy is the star of his flock and loves to make new friends. Very cute, right? Pamela. Pamela was slated to become someone's Thanksgiving meal. Raised on a factory farm, she would have been among the 240 million turkeys slaughtered for meat in the U.S. each year. Instead, she was rescued and came to live at Farm Sanctuary. Even after all she's faced, Pamela loves people and enjoys a good cuddle. Aw. That's so... You see what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know. Guys, 
one day, I, I mark these words, maybe in our next life when we are together again, in, a, in centuries from now, we'll be having a conversation. You'll say, oh, that sounds familiar. But I believe, this is what I believe about human beings. This is why Donald Trump Jr. sucks. Oh, Donald Trump, uh, Eric Trump sucks. All of these, they all suck. They're, they're horrible people. Because eventually we will, for the species to survive, we will not be eating meat. I believe that in my heart. I knew that uh, years ago, right? Okay, as I was studying and learning all about Roman history and whatnot, and when you think about the history of humans, of humanity, and slavery in particular, slavery has been a human institution for as long as for almost all of recorded history, except for recently, only recently in the last few hundred years has it been commonly accepted by the by humans that slavery is wrong all throughout history, including when you, you talk about Jesus, right? Never in the Bible, never in, did Jesus question the morality of slavery. So... And that's what the slave owners in the South and elsewhere, you, you looked up uh, and, um, you know, they uh, would use as a justification for keeping human beings in bondage. They were, hey, just doing what the Bible said, right? Same thing. That's how I feel. I know in my heart when it comes to eating meat, we are capable of eating meat, obviously, but we're also, we... I mean, there's, a whole, there's many, many, there's speculation about why humans eat meat. But I believe, you know, we can not only live, but thrive, not eating other animals. And I know animals eat animals. That's them. We're talking about us, you know? So I thought, I believe, in, in the future, that for this species to survive, I do believe that people will look back and say, Oh my God, can you believe that there was once something called a factory farm? What a horror show, right? They'll, they'll look back with revulsion on it. And I, and I think that meat eating, I don't know if it will be, I, I believe, I don't, I, I do believe it. I'm hesitant to say it because I don't want peop, people to feel bad. But I believe that human beings will not be eating meat. Like, I'm not saying in my lifetime, maybe in 2,000 years. Do you know what I mean? If we are to to shit to uh what do you mean survive it's not that's not really true human beings are our teeth show that we are carnivores not really we have we don't have long fangs we never did like my cats your cats your dogs we also have very windy intestines right so like for instance the the cats are they're called obligate carnivores and that means you they can only eat meat. They don't even digest vegetables, greens, whatever. So they are their their intestines are very short. So they they don't digest the meat. It's just their 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 digestive tract is very short as opposed to us who have windy 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 intestines like more like a cow or or animals that eat are specifically uh, uh, plant eaters. So anyway, yes, our brains, uh, that's Chuck on the 
thing on the chat is saying, our brain show we are meat eaters. That is the speculation that how we branched off and became humans, became what we are today, the homo sapiens, from our uh, ancestors, from the, from the chimps and the, the bonobos, that we started eating meat, and it made our brains bigger, and then we had to cooperate and all that, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, we can all settle on saving animals by eating the rich. That sounds good, metaphorically. <laughs> but there's other ways to get protein. So Devotee is saying human body thrives on protein. Only meat has essential amino acids. There are, there, you can not only survive but thrive eating not meat. You know what I mean? So there's other ways to get protein. In fact, in, we're, as we're talking about Roman history, the, they, they called the, what do you call it? Uh, the gladiators were called barley eaters they, that, because they, they didn't eat meat. Most, in most communities and throughout history, Meat it was not the staple of people's diets. They would slaughter the Christmas whatever the hell, and they would have meat. But most day-to-day, -day, people ate grain, whatever. It wasn't until recently, as far as I remember. No, maybe I'm wrong. Yes, I do eat eggs, although I feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm not vegan, so I have some friends that are vegan, and they're like hardcore. I am, I'm like amateur hour for them. I know that I'll eventually I will be vegan because I think about it too much. That's how I started to not eat meat because I started to think about what I was doing. Because I, I always had to disconnect meat from uh, what I was eating. Even the word meat. It's not meat, you know. It's a, hum it's a human. It's a lamb. It's a cow. It's a something that wanted to live, that, that feels pain, that screams when you cut it, that feels love they have the same oxytocin chemicals that we have that bond them to other creatures i mean anybody who has a pet knows that cats and dogs they feel love anyway i felt really bad and, and the whole factory just the corporatization the disrespect shown to these creatures that are giving their very lives for human sustenance that's what offended me the most and i didn't want to be part of it and I know that the egg industry, that's the other thing, believe me, uh, is uh, bad. They don't raise male chicks. They just throw them in, into a grinder. I mean, it's just disgusting. The disrespect, it's a reflection on who we are as human beings, that we, this is how we treat the creatures that are giving their lives. It's disgusting to me. There should be some kind of respect shown. God damn it. Yes, pets need to eat meat. I would never make my cat a vegetarian that's not what they're that's stupid it's not healthy for them that's how they were made and I also thought that I would miss bacon a lot but I I don't really miss it I I I like to eat the soy bacon that's a good substitute and I rest assured in the knowledge that no animal suffered when I was eating it for eating it maybe they did I don't know what I was not what I wanted to talk about it is what it is. We go with the flow. Yes, I know. People always say that to me. They're like, ooh, but bacon is so good. And I, I mean, I get 
irritated at that because I, it's also, the, I guess they're trying to be funny or whatever. I understand, Chuck. You're good. You're off the hook. I'm not, I don't mean you. The way I look at it in my, for myself, I'm not saying anybody else, okay? If I can not only survive but thrive and feel better by not eating an animal that wanted to live, to not participating in that, then it would be purient. It would be selfish to at least not try to do that. You know what I mean? So I'm not calling anybody selfish, but I think we need to look at ourselves a little bit when it comes to that. The, the, we're too disconnected, and that's why if it was good for Earth, it would, the Earth would reflect that. But you see factory farming, and um, yes, it is, it's a necessary conversation for climate change in general, and the, the, the pollution that is produced on top of the suffering that we, uh, that we allow to continue by allow, uh, allowing it to, uh, you know, for instance, we don't allow it. I mean, obviously, we try to make do the best. We, as liberals, as normal people, we think about these things. We, it crosses our minds. We're not going around like mindless goons cheering USA, USA. We, we want to understand and if things aren't working we like we want to make them better and that's how i feel about these these factory farms and this conversation that we're having it has to you know we we definitely have to have it because the the earth is suffering from what from the commodification of the of animals and you know as uh, I mean, obviously, people have always commodified animals, but that doesn't mean that it's right. That we need to have a different perspective. That, that, that we should, you know, do what's best for sustaining life on the planet. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. Okay, we and then we're over time anyway. So. Everyone, thank you. I'm sorry if I guilted anyone, but I do think that we need to talk about this, and I will talk about it again. I mean, I hate, I hate uh, Donald Trump Jr. I hate the factory farmers. I hate anybody who's a trophy hunter. I, I feel that if we were a, if we were a p- mature, uh, emotionally mature society, that even if we had the factory farms they wouldn't be um they wouldn't be operating i mean factory farm maybe they would operating in the sense of uh the way that they operate now there would be more respect for the creatures that are being slaughtered there and i'll tell you a story before i go my father delivered the mail he was a before he was a garbage man he was a postal worker and he delivered the mail to a slaughterhouse and my father he didn't eat meat because he went to the slaughterhouse and he said he saw the lambs, just like in Silence of the Lambs. This was before Silence of the Lambs. And he said it, the slaughterhouse was absolute hell and the lambs knew what, what was coming. That's what he said. And they were crying like people. He said they sounded like children crying. And my father, he did eat meat later on in, in life, but he said it put him off eating meat 
thinking of what he had seen at the slaughterhouse. So, uh, think about that for a minute. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. We need to talk about it, Patricia. We do. We do. Animals have the right to live. Banter board, you're right. And I think that as we, as we mature as a healthy society, we would we would really cultivate that. That would be reflected in how we treat animals. I know there's compassion. I see it all the time. I mean, you guys know I also do work with the TNR, the Trap Neuter Release, with the New York City Feral Cat Initiative. There are many, I mean, there are kooks out there too, but there are many compassionate human beings and not just the people who are volunteering with the with the TNR groups they're the community the people that we encounter that care for uh, we call them community cats the 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 cats who are living out in in, in, in feral so and if you have any feral cats around you guys i just have to tell you get them spayed and neutered call whatever your local community is and um there i'm sure there's a tnr group like uh alley cat allies or something because you'll the the cats are good for the community too they obviously they hunt the rodents and uh if they're fixed then you don't have all of that other nuisance stuff that makes people not want to have the alley cats let's say you know, you won't have the screaming and the crying and the fighting. So that that goes down to a, to a minimum because they're not out there trying to mate. They're just living life and, and making your community a cleaner and better place to live. Because if you, those cats move out, then other cats move in. That's what, that's the whole, the weird thing about it too. So anyway, I wish I could do a longer show. Maybe we'll, we'll do another show. Hopefully during the week, I will try to do a show. And I love hanging out, man. Maybe with um, the patrons, we can do a patron chat, a patron something. I see Patricia says, we have trap and release here in Nevada. It's great. And the good news about animals in shelters that the killing in shelters has really gone down over the years. It's gone down like, an incredible amount. I can't remember exactly the stat, but one of the things that's what I learned because uh, I couldn't believe that. And that's because people are being educated on neutering their pets and most shelters are trying to not kill the animals. They're trying to adopt them and and a lot of people are um, volunteering to foster. That helps too. If you can't adopt a pet for whatever reason, you can't do it full time. Fostering is awesome. That is really a lease on life because that allows more pets to or or adoptable animals into the shelter. It clears out some of the cages and gives the pet a head start when they get to their forever home. So, ah, oh, that's great. Great, thank you guys. <laughs> this turned into a different type of show. But let's talk about, um, it was good. I, I enjoyed talking about it. I, and I wish we could, wouldn't it be great? We can just not worry about Republicans destroying the planet and destroying democracy. And we can just have a show, like a regular chat show. But, yeah. Nope. Can't. Got to get back to work making uh, sure that Republicans do not 
completely uh, turn us into an oligarchy for good. For good. All right, guys, I'm going to go. I might end up, I'm thinking I will oh, have to do something about the, maybe I will take the break out. Now we're eight minutes over. <laughs> so, all right, listen, guys, you guys are my rock. Thank you so much for all your support, for hanging out every Saturday, for your Patreon donations, for your super chats. And every every time every every other way that you support the show and me and as I always say, we stick together, we win, and we will win. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you very soon. <laughs>